0: Hello, this is uh, Henry Hahn with the podcast again, and my guest today is uh, Dial in Nigeria going through Skype. Uh, Dial, you want to say hi? Yeah.
1: Yeah, praise the Lord, Saints.
0: Yeah, Dial, you you have a topic you want to cover today, so you want to go ahead and uh, introduce your topic and give your thoughts?
1: Yeah, thank you. It's about a point that you raised in. Page 10 of your book 1 Unfolding God's eternal purpose from house to house. And that's the fact that the word ecclesia that we are very familiar with actually is not the same word as the English word church. You pointed out in that in your book that the root word, the etymology of the word church comes from a different Greek word entirely, Kyriakon, and for me, even though I have come across that um, very briefly a few, maybe like two years back, but it really didn't stick. I just glossed over it, but it wasn't until I read the book that it began to dawn on me, particularly when you now gave reasons why that word was changed then I began to consider that, hey, this may be a little bit more serious than what I actually thought. So I would want you to shed a little bit of more light on that aspect, Henry.
0: So first, let's give a context to what we're talking about. In Matthew 16, Jesus asked his disciples, Who do men say that I am? And at that point, Peter said that, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus responded that that's great, but now I will build my ecclesia. So Jesus' heart, his mission is in building the ecclesia. Now, in the English Bible, most translations have translated that word ecclesia in Greek to church. Okay, so that's why many people say oh the lord will build his church but the word there is not the greek word for church but it is the greek word is Ecclesia, which is assembly this word assembly it's a it's a big word in the bible because it's what jesus is building and listen to some of the thoughts uh, the other verses concerning Ecclesia. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul said that God subjected all things under the feet of Jesus and gave him to be head over all things to the ecclesia, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. I mean, that's a huge word that Jesus is the head over all things is given to the ecclesia. Now again, in many of the English translation would translate that to be church. But the Greek word there is ecclesia or assembly, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. So the, the thing is that this word ecclesia is something that is huge, a big part of the revelation of the new covenant, a revelation of the Bible. Without understanding the word ecclesia we would miss god's eternal purpose because even in ephesians chapter uh, 3 it says that god's eternal purpose is that his multifaceted wisdom will be manifested through the ecclesia manifested to all to satan and all his uh, cohorts of angels will see his wisdom through the ecclesia. So this word ecclesia is a is a big word in the New Testament. Now I'm not trying to make a mission to try to correct all the English translation of the word ecclesia to assembly rather than church but at least for me I want to use this word ecclesia accurately so that the understanding can be accurate and that we don't have to keep redefining a word. So, for example, if we translate a Chinese word circle to square, then every time I have to redefine, well, I don't mean for a four-sided object, I mean a round thing, then it becomes very confusing. I think it's important to, if it's a, if it's a square, we should say it's a square. If it's a circle, it's a circle. We don't need to all the time redefining a word. So that's why I point out that ecclesia is translate, should be translated to assembly and not to church.
1: Well, thank you, Henry. Do you think the wider body, the larger percentage of the body of Christ, the assembly, would take this as something that really matters or they'll just keep on, Going ahead with the usage of the word church to actually mean the body of Christ or the assembly.
0: Well, I, I don't so know. From
1: your own side, do you think it matters?
0: From my own side, I understand when I try to understand what people mean when they say church. So from my own side I don't I'm not troubled by people misusing the word, but I just want to use the word accurately. And that's why I use it throughout my book. So I know it's a big, it's a big uh, challenge to try to change people's uh, definition. But if you look at the Bible's dic- uh, even if you go to the dictionary and look up the word church, it says clearly it's a building. So that's why that's what I'm saying that only the more advanced Christians will have to redefine it. They would say. The Lord is building the church, but I don't mean the building, I mean the people. It's always a redefining of the word when the actual word means a building and not the people. That's
1: true. Very, very true. Because many times I do find out that that often happens when people want to further explain themselves. They say, well, we don't mean the literal building, we made the people. Church is not the building, but church is the people. So, But now, understanding that actually, the word church actually comes from a Greek word that means a building, should that give us a reason to want to stick more to the original word that Jesus used, which is the assembly? Should that do that? Should that give us a reason to want to stick
0: most of that word? Well, of course it does. I mean, to me it does. I mean, you know, you have Tyndale, William Tyndale, that translated the, you know, one of the first popular English Bible, and he used the word congregation or assembly. And he, for that, that was one of the major reason why he was killed and burnt at the stake by the Roman church at the time. So words do matter. How you what word you use do matter? When King James authorized the translation of the Bible to the King James Version, his number three rule, there was like 15 rules of translation and a third one is that you you cannot translate Ecclesia to congregation or assembly. It has to be church. And there's real political reason behind that because he was the, uh, head of the church, he was a her- head of the Church of England or the Anglican Church. So words do matter; uh, otherwise, they would not. Someone would not be killed for it, and uh, and they would not make a rule to translate a word a certain way. So personally, I would use the correct translation. If the Lord says, "I will build my ecclesia," He's not building a physical building. He is building a group of people together. That's the assembly.
1: That's right. So um, can you shed a little bit of more light on that word assembly? Because assembly could also mean different things. A group of people. What kind of group of people? We can have a group of people in a theater, in a stadium, a group of religious people. So would you want to shed a little bit of more light so that... We can have some better understanding of what Jesus was actually talking about.
0: Well, that, that's a good question, uh, Dio. Now the word "ecclesia" actually has been in use for a couple of hundred years before Jesus came around. So it's, it was a common word, common ter- uh, word used at that time, and uh, the actual uh, etymology of the word Ecclesia is really called out. That's what it means, called out. But the way it was used uh, commonly back then was called out for an assembly. So people are being called together to assemble together, uh, let's say for a, a civil discussion uh, concerning the policies of the city. So the citizens would be called out uh, to a, let's say a town hall meeting. So it was actually a common uh, word so when jesus says i will build my ecclesia uh there was no questions the, the disciples didn't ask any questions about what do you mean an ecclesia what is that so because they already knew what an ecclesia means it's a group of be- people being called out to assemble together for a particular purpose what do you think Dio? i want to hear more from you or why is it important to you
1: Oh, okay. Thank you, Henry. I am of the opinion that the, when you say the assembly, what kind of assembly did Jesus have in mind? Did he mean a religious assembly? Did he mean a political assembly? Did he mean the assembly of, you know, like you said, a town people, people of the same tribe? being called together to come and um, do certain, carry out certain affairs of states. In my mind, I am thinking that what Jesus had in mind was a, an assembly of citizens, an assembly of people of the same tribe, the same nation, and that is in direct reference to the, his mission as the Messiah. Because I believe that the primary mission of the Messiah was to come and restore the kingdom. So the very discourse that we saw in Matthew 16 from verse 13, when they started by asking, who do men say I am? I believe that that discourse was centered on the fact that he wanted the disciples and by extension the rest of the people to come to that realization that he was the Messiah And his mission was to restore the kingdom. Unfortunately, from the people's assessments, what disciples gave back to him, the people did not receive him as the Messiah. They received him as a prophet or as John the Baptist, but they did not receive him as the Messiah. But thank God, Peter was able to come to that revelation that, oh, you are the Christ, the anointed one. Of course, in the Hebrew, anointed is also the Messiah the son of the living God. And Jesus, very excited, said, that's it. And you know what I'm going to do? I will build my assembly. The assembly of those who will constitute this kingdom that I am coming to establish and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, in 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 short, what I'm trying to say is that Jesus had a kingdom in mind and not necessarily a religious establishment and one of the implications of the name change is that it eventually brought us into the understanding of a religious establishment instead of a kingdom instead of a nation-state and that is why over the years for more than a thousand years we have operated within the body of Christ within the assembly as a religious institution so when we begin to understand the real meaning of the original word Ecclesia, meaning a called, the called out of citizens, then that gives us a new orientation to begin to think kingdom rather than religion.
0: I think that's right. When when you think of church being a building, then there is a lot of trapping, that goes with it. You have to have an organization because you have to have upkeep and you have to have money. Then who is going to have control over that building? Then you have to have a hierarchy. So all those things comes into play once you think of church and, and, and there's a building associated with it. But when you think of an assembly, it's just a, it's a group of people that are being called out to gather. Now, interestingly, I, I just looked into the word recently that there are, there are two places in the scriptures that describes what happens in an ecclesia. One is this, a secular ecclesia and the other is the Lord's ecclesia. So there are only two places in the whole scripture that actually describes an ecclesia in action. I don't know you you know this, Dial so do you know the first description of a secular ecclesia that was in action
1: can that be the the mob in acts 19
0: that uh, that's correct oh, acts that's 19 in... yes acts 19 okay. was a description and actually used the word ecclesia three times during that episode of gathering what happened was that paul was in ephesus with with some of the brothers And the the silversmiths there or the silversmith guild there that was building idols for Diana, the goddess Diana, they were concerned for their livelihood. So they stir up their city against Paul to say these men are trying to tear down the goddess Diana and this temple. So there was an uproar in the city and the citizens of the city, rich, poor uh, what have you, uh, even maybe Jews, even Greeks, all came together and they start to have a discussion. Okay, so some were saying this, some were saying that, and they were very angry. There was a lot of confusion, and that gathering was called an ecclesia in Acts. So that was a typical, you might say, a secular ecclesia where the citizens of the city were being called together with a concern. For the events of the city. And so they came together to have a discussion. And then eventually, you know, that Paul was chased out of the city and uh, the assembly disbanded. So that was the secular example of the ecclesia. Whereas you have the Lord's ecclesia that was described in 1 Corinthians from chapter middle of chapter 11 to the end of chapter 14. So those few chapters describe the Lord's ecclesia and there are a lot of similarities and there are clearly differences. I don't know if you ever thought of comparing those two ecclesias.
1: No, I've not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Because if you're going to uh, if if we're going to talk about ecclesia, we should do this comparison. So what happened was that That's when right. when you do the comparison, what is similar and is actually the definition of the ecclesia is, of course, people were being called out and they assembled and everybody can express their opinions. OK, the secular, same way they, they can speak out their opinions. Some say this, some say that. And for a purpose of the uh, for the purpose of the of the citizen of this of that town. Now, on the Lord's ecclesia, you have exactly the same thing people are being called out except they're being called out from every race from every you know there's free there's slaves there's jews there's gentiles uh there's male female rich poor they were all being called out to an assembly in Corinth and when they came together it was a specific time at a specific place and they were all free to speak they were all free to speak out what was in them, and for a purpose, which, as you said, was for the purpose of the kingdom of God, the building up of the body of Christ, the ecclesia. So those are the similarities. Any thought behind that before I kind of mention the, uh, the, the the differences?
1: Um, I think you are right. You are absolutely right that we can see those similarities in the secular assembly they, every citizen was free to express his opinion, and likewise in the Lord's Assembly. So, I'm eager to hear the differences, Henry. So, go on.
0: Okay. So, the difference is that, of course, in this secular one, there was confusion, and that there was a lot of fear. It, it was driven by fear, and with that fear, there was a lot of confusion, and they ended up with really no, uh, no conclusion. Okay. So now with the Lord's Ecclesia, well, it was the atmosphere was love because chapter 13 was embedded. Chapter 13 is the famous chapter about love and is embedded inside Absolutely. this description of Ecclesia. So, in this description of Ecclesia, of the Lord's Ecclesia, because you have such a diverse group of people. Now remember the ecclesia is not representing a particular ministry. We would say a ministry is a particular view of a Christian doctrine or a Christian practice or uh, with a specific goal, but the ecclesia is the Lord's ecclesia is is composed of all kinds of believers getting help from different ministries. They have diff- they themselves have different gifts that they can function use, and so it's a very diverse group that, without love, it would not hold together so that 's why Paul says we need to pursue love if we 're going to come together as the ecclesia with all the diversity of Jews and Gentiles and rich and poor and people that speaks in tongues and people that do not. And people that have administrative skills and people that that have the healing power and people that are just speaking Jesus. Well, if we're going to come together as such a diverse group, then love, loving one another is essential. And what came out of the Lord's Ecclesia is the building up of each member. At the end there in chapter 14, it says that when we speak and unveil the riches of Christ, each member, everyone is encouraged and they're comforted. They're built up, right? That's because the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Spirit working together within each member allows the members to minister Christ and to express the gift that the Trinity has been given to them. So that's the, the, the difference, you might say, right? So you have the similarity as people are being called out and they can, they're freely to express what is in them. The contrary is that they are doing it in love and not in fear, and that the Trinity is being expressed through each one functioning and utilizing the God given gift that's in them.
1: Amen. And the secular. Ep- Ecclesia is characterized by confusion. Right. While in the Lord's Ecclesia, there is order. He said, Let everything be done in order or decently and in order. Also in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, For the Lord is not an author of confusion. I've just seen that, you know, the similarity and the difference just now, as you pointed it out,
0: Henry. Okay, yeah, well, I, it's very interesting to, to consider. Now, Now, what happened is there's something even more dynamic is that at, in the Lord's Ecclesia, because His people are completely, you might say, joined and, and blended with the with the Lord Himself, well, God was actually there in the Lord's Ecclesia. So when they were, uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, it mentioned that there were unbelievers in the midst of the ecclesia, there. And there were ones that were novice, they're uninformed, right? Maybe they're new believers. But anyway, they, they were in the midst. So unbelievers were also welcomed in the ecclesia of the Lord. And what happened was that they saw God. These unbelievers and unlearned people, they. They saw God in the midst while the believers were loving one another, having meals together, and they were all speaking Christ, and they were functioning freely according to the gifts. They saw God in their midst, and they fell down and worshipped God. They were convicted and convinced by all that was around them. So, I mean, what a difference, right, between the Lord's Ecclesia and the secular Ecclesia. Actually, in the secular Ecclesia They were trying, they were figuring out a way to maybe punish Paul and and maybe even kill him, you know, as, as as an assembly there. But in the Lord's Ecclesia, people were being saved, not being killed. They were getting saved by seeing God in their midst.
1: Amen. What a beautiful contrast. What a beautiful contrast between our Lord, His life, His body and the rest of the world. I really appreciate that. And so I think because of our time, uh, we need to begin to wrap up. So um, so perhaps three very important issues were touched in our discussion so far. Uh, The first, I think, is that the word that we use matters. That was why Tindale was killed in the first instance. And so if it mattered, then, I think it also matters now, you also pointed out the fact that the, there was a secular ecclesia in the New Testament which was characterized by fear, confusion, um, death, and things of that nature, whereas in the Lord's ecclesia, it was love, people who were getting saved, the life of Christ was being revealed, God was being revealed. And we also saw that there was a similarity and the similarity is that in both Ecclesias, people were free, the citizens were free to express their opinion, were free to share. And that is something that we must also consider very strongly in the assembly today. Every one of us, every living stone must be able to come and bring freely what the Lord, the deposits of the Lord in our hearts. Uh, that's something that I feel that in many churches or many ministries is definitely lacking. And it's something that must come into, it must be a major characteristic of the Ecclesia. So thank you, Henry, for that uh, time of discussion.
0: Yeah, and, and I want to point out also, you know, in when you go to a church, go to a building, that's the way they operate. Is because the building is the representation of the minister that is uh, ministering, presiding in that building. So that is the nature of having a church or the building is to house a minister, or house a ministry. So you cannot freely and you should not freely go into a church building and to interrupt and express your opinion and, and and exercise your gift because that is not your domain. That is the domain of the minister, a particular minister, and you should respect that minister's way of ministry. Whereas the ecclesia, <laughs> y- you see the point? Where, whereas that's, yeah. that's why it's two different things. You cannot go to a church and be an ecclesia because it's not. And ecclesia is not church. Ecclesia is where people are being called out to gather together to let the Lord express through them in their speaking and their gifts. Whereas when you go to a church, you are uh watching and you are receiving a ministry, a particular minister who is speaking. So it's it's a completely two different nature. That's why. Words do matter when you say you go to church, well, you go to church to listen to a minister. When you say, I'm going to be gathered, you know, being called to an assembly of the Lord, well, then you're going there ready to participate. You understand where I'm getting at? That's why words do matter.
1: You know why I laughed? I laughed because, you know, it's my prayer and my heartfelt desire that all of God's people all over the world will really see that difference between the church and the Ecclesia. Because most people today, I must tell you, take the churches to be the Ecclesia. They don't know the difference. So if I don't know the difference, and I believe that the Ecclesia is a place where all are free to function, I can actually walk into a church building where a minister is ministering, and actually interrupt the session and say i have something to say but you know that would be out of order as it were because but the reason for that is because i really did not know the difference between the church and the ecclesia so i'm just praying from the bottom of my heart that the lord will open the eyes of more and more of his saints to know that church is church and ecclesia is ecclesia
0: Right. And also, I want to mention that there is no conflict from a positive point of view. There doesn't need to be a conflict between someone going to church and getting help from a particular ministry and being called out to gather with other believers, whether they can function as the body of Christ. So someone may may get a lot of help uh, through a particular minister or even through a, a particular music ministry. So they go to this church because they like the music they get inspired, they get touched by the Lord because of the music. But after church or during the week shouldn 't they fellowship with all the other believers and open up their home or visit someone 's home and just be able to fellowship and be gathered and have and be the assembly together in that home right with all kinds of other believers. And just enjoy Christ together
1: amen amen that's the whole essence of the the book one I believe to encourage all believers to open up their homes and to be involved in fellowshipping with other saints and building up the one Ecclesia
0: amen well, okay, it looks like our, our time is coming up, Dial. So good that you could join, join this uh, all the way in Nigeria. Thank the Lord for technology. And uh, so we'll, right. uh, we'll talk to you again uh, later.
1: Yes, and I'm looking forward to your visiting Nigeria sometime soon.
0: Okay, all right. Take care. Take care.